we have been talking about the Holy Spirit and out of Acts after the day of Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And Jesus, before that, he told them to stay put. And he said, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. And so we've been looking at that. And um, the time has passed of like we were preparing for Pentecost. Now it's come. And so now we're looking at being his witnesses and having the power to be his witnesses. But most of us don't believe that we can be his witnesses, even though we're born again. And to truly be his witnesses, we have to know how to rest in the love that God has for us, which means that we have to know that he loves us. Okay, that's the first thing. Then we have to know that he loves us even when we're facing adversity. Even if you cause that adversity, he still loves you. All right. You know, somehow we think that because you've made a mistake, God's mad at you now. Well, he 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 forgives. All you have to do is repent and he forgives that easy. Don't hang on to it. You make a mistake. Get over it. Quit being so prideful and making it about you. Why don't you make it about his grace and his love and get over it? And I don't have time to look at it this morning because we're going on to other things. And, and hear me in the church that just because you say that you love God doesn't mean that you fear God. And there's a difference in that. Because if you love God truly, then you're going to fear Him. If you fear Him, you're going to live the best that you can as a holy, godly person. When you don't fear Him and you're just like falling on His love that you don't really understand then, then you're going to live any way you want to live thinking that there's no consequences. But you know what? There are. And so just because we say that we love God doesn't mean that we fear Him and have reverence for Him. And we all know people who, they'll tell you, oh, they love God, but they live like the devil. And, you know, you have to shake your head at that and say, how is that possible? In Matthew chapter 22, we looked at this a few weeks back, and I just want to remind you of it. And they asked Jesus what the greatest great command, what commandment was. And here's his answer. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first command commandment. A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So to be what God has called us to be, to be what God has created us to be, we have to have the right identity of who we are. And the right identity of who we are begins with knowing that God, has, that God loves us. That He created us for a purpose and that He is working everything out in us to fulfill that purpose that He has designed us for. The problem is, is 
we think that we can be like him and we can determine what our purpose is. We can determine what our calling is. We can determine what his plan is for our life. And it doesn't work like that. He's the one who made us. He's the one who has the plan and the purpose. And so for us to be able to walk in that, we have to know that we're loved by God. And part of knowing that we're loved by God is to know that he's the one who made us and created us for his plan and his purpose. And the best life you will ever live is submitting to his plan and purpose for you. Not doing your own thing, not going out and, you know, trying to do anything else. We need to know that God loves us. He made us. He has a plan for us. And then we accept that love that he has for us. We relax in that love that he has for us. And we rest in that love that he has for us. And we're not living based off our, our own thoughts and our own feelings. You know, we have to stop saying, well, if God would have done this, if he would have given me a different family, if he would have made me a different gender, if he would have, you know, put me in a different continent, in a different nation. You know, we have all of these things. And, and we, we, we badger the Lord with, well, God, if you would have done this, my life would have been perfect. No, wouldn't it? I don't know why you think that. It's not any more perfect if you had all of those things that you thought than it is right now. Because the bottom line is, is what you're struggling with is God just wanting you to draw close to Him. He's, he's wanting you to use that as an avenue to draw close to Him. And that's even if you cause your own problems. And so last week we looked at the whole chapter of Romans chapter 8. I'm not going to do that today, but, you know, it opens up with that fact that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But he doesn't say that there's no conviction. <laughs> and, and so we as believers, though, we try to confuse those words. And as soon as we get convicted, we feel condemned because we feel like other people are telling us what the word says. And so then we feel even though it's conviction, we feel condemnation. And when people are speaking those words, not all the time, but most of the time it's out of love. But, you know, because you're so convicted, you, you take it as condemnation. And you are so wanting to do your own will that you take it as condemnation. And it's not. It's conviction for the believer. And as you progress through Romans chapter 8, we find that Paul talks about the sufferings and how we're to handle those. And, um, and, and he has the audacity to say that the glory that's going to be revealed in us is greater than the sufferings that we're going through. <laughs> Imagine that. And, and so while you're suffering, you need to keep in the back of your mind, man, there's a greater glory coming. God, you must have something great for all that I'm going through. Yes, he does. Woo! Isn't that good? Should have been here last week. But we have to stay on course. And at the end of that, Paul's talking about who is going to separate us from the love of God. And then he goes through a whole list of things. And he says, none of those things will separate us from the love of God. Which means that we have to know that we are loved in adversity. And that's what we've been talking about probably the last two weeks. We have to get it, and, and the way you know that you're loved in adversity is to know his love outside of adversity, in non-conflict time, so that when conflict comes, you can say, well, wait a minute, this is what God's word says about me. 
you know, we don't have time to talk. But we have to know that we're loved in adversity. And it is our responsibility to stir up the Holy Spirit in us and to establish that relationship with him so that we're dependent upon him. There's no better person to be to be dependent upon when you're going through adversity than God. There's no greater power than his word and the working of the Holy Spirit in us. So we're going to move on from talking about the love of God, but. I was reminded of this, and I, I got to bring these two up. So there's two things I got to say before we move on from love. First John 4, if you'll turn there with me, please. First John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7, and it reads like this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, anyone who does not Love does not know God because, what does it say? God is love. And one more, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 now. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So first of all, this is the one thing that I want to tell you. God is love. If you want to know what real love is, then draw close to God. Get to know Him. It doesn't say that God is about love. God knows love. It says that God is love. So when you encounter God, guess what? You're encountering love. Woo! Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you with that. Now the second thing is, and I meant to say this last weekend, I forgot, so I, I have it in my notes because I want to make sure we have Parents. Do not try to keep your kids from having adversity when they're young. You see, we like to shield and protect our kids and, and we don't want any harm to come to them and, and we don't want their feelings to be hurt when they're young. That's not good. It's not good at all. Because if you don't teach them what to do in adversity... When they get old and they have adversity, all they're going to have are temper tantrums and pity parties. So, and, and look, I also want to say this. You don't have to look for adversity for them. It'll automatically happen to them. Okay? You will, as a parent, you will do some of the dumbest things on the face of the earth. And they're going to face adversity. Okay? If you have children, they're going to face adversity. Other children, they're going to face adversity there. That's part of life. If they venture outside of your house, if they go to the grocery store with you, sooner or later, they're going to experience adversity. And so you have to teach them not to avoid adversity, but how to handle adversity. You can't shield them and put them in a bubble the rest of their lives and, and just keep them from having harm, keep them from having their feelings hurt. You know, I, sports has gotten out of hand because they have it on the weekends, and, you know, they have all these tournament things, and, you know, I don't agree with that. But I agree with 
sports in general because it teaches you how to be a team person. And it also teaches you how to lose gracefully. You're not going to win every game in life. So let your kids play sports or let them do something where there's competition. Because they need to know what happens when they lose. They need to feel that because in life they're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to fail. And so they need to know what are they going to do with those feelings. And if you shield that from them and if you don't keep score... Now, you know, when they're younger, that's one thing. But when they're able to keep score and you ask them what was it? Well, we don't keep score. Because you want everybody to be happy. That's crazy. That's nonsense. Yeah, y'all saw it. But, you know, we... um, So just don't do it. Just let them face adversity when they're younger. That way when they get older, they'll, they'll know how to handle it. Um, if I can have a couple people come up, I have some handouts. Actually, I need three people to come out. I have some handouts. We are today going to go over the names of God, 60 names of God. And I, I think we have enough for everybody to take one, but I don't know how many are here. Um, but there's a white copy, and then there's these colorful copies. And so they're going to walk around, and you choose which one you want. And I like the colored ones because when I have it laying down, I want to be able to find it in a hurry. Now, on here is going to be 60 names of God that we're going to go through. So you're you're going to have to do it quickly with me. Um, But here's here's the reason that I want this to happen. I want us to get this because we need to know who's inside of us. We got the crouches back there, so make sure we get them. We got Randy and Anthony back there. Did they get some? Okay, Mike. No, 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 no. Give it. Give that to Jennifer up here. Okay. Give it to him. Uh, he's got more rent. All right, let's hurry up and get those passed out over here. He's coming, so stay there. Huh? No, no. Either a color or white. And I would have had more, but the printer got messed up and stuff. So, But anyways, these are revelations from God. These are the revelation of God's word to us. Now, as we go through this, I want you to understand something. If you're born again, this is who is in you. He's living inside of you. 
Thank you, sir. And so there's no reason for you not to be able to be great. One of my favorite scriptures is out of John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, and I don't have it up, but it says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now, as we go through this, if you don't get that, then you need to go home and start praying. You need, and you read it over and over again and say, God, help me with this. Let me get this, that there's greatness in me. And the other thing that I hope that this happens as we go through this is you understand you can fulfill Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I have been in the church long enough and I've heard you say, I can't. And I just want to ask you, why can't you? Now, look, I, I'm, I'm realistic. That doesn't mean that you can do everything. But this is what it means. Whatever circumstance you're facing, God says that you can make it. And it's not because of who you are, but it's because of who He is and He's living in us. He says that you will, Jesus said, stay put because you're going to receive power to be my witness. Here's the power. This is what it looks like. And now look, here's the other thing. I might be slow, but at least I'm, I'm steady. Okay, I'm going to get there. And I didn't think about this until after prayer last night, or actually during prayer. And I thought, what about the names of Jesus? And what about the names of the Holy Spirit? So I don't have those in here, but I do have some of them on the back tables. And I encourage you to pick them up. They're nicer done than these are. But if you don't know the names of Jesus, they're right there. I mean, like, look, he's the king of kings. And so the enemy comes at you and he tries to mess with you. You can say, well, wait a minute. My, my daddy's the king of kings. My brother's the king of kings. I don't have to put up with you. All right, so let's see if we can get through this. I don't know what time. Oh, my goodness. No, I can't do just a few. Let's get it going. All right, that's what she says. Let's get it going. Elohim, the eternal God. Okay, do you really? He lives inside of you now. If you're born again, the Spirit of God is in you. In Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. He created the heaven and the earth. Okay. He's living in you. And then Elohim, they give you some things. The strong one, the leading, the sovereign, the hero, the highest power, master of the universe, of the life of all nations, who has given a covenant to protect His creation. He's in us. I mean, the God of the universe, the God who created everything, He lives inside of us. And then we sit there and we say, well, I just don't know if I can do that. Well, draw on Him! Y'all go. I hope you can handle this excitement. El Olam, the everlasting God, Genesis 21, 33. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. So look, Abraham calls on the name of the Lord, the everlasting. Okay, now it's for us. 
we can call on the everlasting God. And I don't know what everlasting means completely, but I know one thing. He's going to outlast everything that I'm facing. He's going to be with me. El Shaddai, our all-sufficient, almighty God. Genesis 17, 1 and 1, Abraham was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said said unto him, I am the Lord Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And then it's got in there the all-sufficient God, the all-compromising, the one comprising, the one who fulfills and brings fruit about, but also the one who judges, purifies, corrects. In short, the Almighty for whom everything is possible. Jehovah Elihim, the Lord God, Genesis 2.4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heaven or made the earth and the heavens. Okay, he's in us. Jehovah Ori, the Lord, my light. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jehovah El Akbar. God that hideth. Oh, I love this one. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall, be, he shall set me upon a rock. And what wasn't our theme this morning about being the rock? cornerstone. Psalm 32, 7, Thou art my hiding place. You know, when do you need a hiding place? When chaos is going on, when all kind of stuff is happening, He is your hiding place. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know. You, You just don't understand what I've been going through. I don't, maybe. But I do understand God. He can be your hiding place. But you have to agree with Him. El Ohinu, the Lord our God, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Thou answereth them, O Lord our God, thou wast a God that forgaveth them, thou, though thou tookest vengeance on their inventions. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Elion, the Most High God, Genesis 14.8. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Um, Elohiki, maybe he's from Hawaii, I don't know. The Lord my God, or thy God. Exodus 20. I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God, thy God, am a jealous God. So, look, he brought them out. If he brought them out, he can bring us out. Okay? We've shared about that. He brought them out of crazy stuff. Jehovah El Hakabad the God of glory. 
The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. Jehovah El Emit, the God of truth. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Jehovah Pelet, the Lord is my deliverer. And we sing this one song, but um, no longer slaves. Psalm 32, 7. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me with songs of deliverance. So in that hiding place, just let him start singing over you. Okay, but I, I want you to think about it. He's in you. If you're born again, he's in you. So you don't just have to wait for the song of deliverance. You can start singing it. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. Say whatever comes to your mind that you know is scriptural. El Gabar, the mighty God. And Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Adonai, our Sovereign Lord. It also means uh, Master. This is kind of confusing the way they have it. But let me give you the reference. Psalm 8, all of Psalm 8, and then Genesis 15, 2 and 8, if you want to write those down. But it just means um, Master and Lord. And he's living inside of you. Um. Oceaniu, the Lord our Maker. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Jehovah El Chai, the living God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Jehovah El Elyon, the Most High God. I will cry unto God Most High, unto God that performeth all things for me. I mean, I, I understand these revelations are for us and to realize that he's in us. You, you may have woken up, you may have been having a bad day, you may have been having a bad week, you may have been having a bad month or a bad year or bad years. It doesn't matter. He's with you. He's in you. Elohim Azar, God our helper. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that upholdeth my soul. Jireh, the Lord our provider. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Um. Yahweh Mechadishus, the Lord sanctifier. Ezekiel 31, I'm not going to read it all, but it says that. Yahweh Nisi, the Lord our banner. And, you know, I, I just want to encourage you with this one. Check this out, because that's the banner that God has over our lives. He is the banner over our lives. Elohim, this other thing, you can decide how you want to pronounce it. 
God our refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Amen. Jehovah Eli Meliki. God my King. Mm, that sounds more Hawaiian. Merry Christmas. I don't remember how you say it, but Psalm 68, 24. They have seen thy goings, O God, even the goings of my God, my King in the sanctuary. Jah, God that rideth upon the heavens, sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. Yes. Rapha, the Lord our healer. And I, I love this one because there's denominations that have said that God doesn't heal anymore. But, you know, and they, they say it from Paul in the New Testament, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, you, you got to be strange to put it all together like that. But God says that he's our healer back in Exodus. So I'm, I'm sticking with that. But, but think about this, though. God, your healer, is living inside of you now. You will be my witnesses. You will have power to be my... He's living inside of us now. Now look, I know he says to call on the elders when you're sick. And you can do that. But you know what? You can also believe for your healing without us. All right. And the healing, Exodus 15, 26. Um, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Um, Roe, the Lord, our shepherd, Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, when you know he's God and he loves you, what else matters? Seboeth, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah El Nas, the forgiving God. Some of y'all need to know he's inside of you. You have a hard time forgiving yourself. He's in you. The God who forgives you is in you. Go figure, you can't forgive yourself? He can come live in you, but you have a mindset that says he can't forgive you? That needs to be a Selah moment. Elohim, Kadashim, the holy God, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. The Lord, for the Lord our God is holy. Jehovah Maganinu, the Lord our defense. Psalm 89, 18, the Lord is our defense and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Shema, the Lord is present. Shalom, the Lord our peace. Tishkanu, the Lord our righteousness. I mean, He's in us. The Spirit of God lives in us if you're born again. Emmanuel, God with us. Elohim, uh, Avraham, Yitzka, and Yaakov. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's what it says there in Exodus chapter 6 and elsewhere. And, you know, we've looked at that in the past. And I just want you to know that's because God wants us to know that he's the God of us. And he works through generations. And if he's in you and you're starting a new generation, how, 
glory to God. But if there's more behind you that have paved the way for you, then do greater things. Jehovah, the self-existing Almighty One. Exodus 6.3 And I appeared to, unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. But now He is. Okay? The Mighty One. Jehovah El Hanan, the gracious God. Ooh. Exodus 34.6 and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Some of y'all need to know that he's a gracious God and he's living inside of you. Jehovah Elkanon, the jealous God. Jehovah Adoni, the sovereign Lord God. Jehovah El Rakam, the merciful God. Deuteronomy 4.31, let's read that one. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. Aren't you glad about that? And he, that merciful God lives inside of you. And so when you have to have mercy for yourself, you can draw on him. And when you have to pour out mercy on others, you can say, God, I don't have it in me. And then you say, well, wait a minute. He lives in me. And you say, oh, thank you, God, that I have, I, I have mercy inside of me. You're living in me. I can be merciful. And then you go be merciful. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Jehovah Roy, the God who sees. Jehovah Ma Asi. How are you, how you signing that? The God who's uh, the Lord, our strength. Jehovah Bashiim, God in heaven. Jehovah El Imanah, the faithful God. Man, I'm telling you what, the older you get, the more you understand God's faithfulness. Because the more you've seen it. And I'm telling you something, the more you see God's faithfulness in your life, the more you want it. Uh, Jehovah El something, the Lord, my restorer. Mm. Jehovah something, cherub, the Lord, the sword. Ooh. All right. The God of Israel there. The Lord, my rock. The Lord, my tower. Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And look, she didn't know this and we sang that song. You know, talking about being our high tower. Whew. The Lord is my shepherd. God of salvation. The Lord is my redeemer. The God of recompense. The living God. The Lord is our judge. 
the fountain of living waters. The Lord that smiteth. You don't want to be on that end. God that revealeth. The Lord the Creator. Yahweh. Let's just look at this because they've mentioned him before. The completely self-existing. He was he has eternally life and everlasting existence. He is eternal and unchangeable. Mm. Isn't that awesome? And then Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. And he's everything in between as well. Uh, I want to encourage you to take these home. Read them. Look at them. Meditate on them. Think about them. And know that this is who's inside of you. You know, there's so many times we, we chicken out. We don't tough it out. We don't do the things that we know God has called us to do and we're waiting for somebody else to help us. God himself is living inside of you. He told his disciples, he said, he told them, he said, you wait here until you receive power. And that power is the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And he's inside of us. You know, all the words that came forth today is because... Um, you know, this is the truth. You know, Carrie shared about the belt of truth. This is truth. This is who you are. You know, the scripture says you've been bought with a price. Well, thank God. And he says, therefore, glorify God. But how do you glorify God? You acknowledge that he's inside of you. The God of the universe is inside of you. There's hope. And again, we haven't even gotten to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. All right? They're on the back table. I would encourage you just and come out here sometime. Just sit in front of that and meditate on that. Think about that. This Jesus is inside of you. And the awesome thing is, is he's there for a reason. He, you know, Brian's word was, to get us to know that we can praise God no matter what we're going through. In other words, we can bring him into our circumstances. You don't have to like go get him. You don't have to call a friend up. You can start believing God now because he's in you. <laughs> Stand with me. You know, our identity really needs to come from knowing who we are. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know Christ in you. You need to know the Holy Spirit's in you. But you also need to know that the God of the universe, the God who, I mean, that, that my mind still can't grasp all of that. The God of the universe actually came so that he could live inside of you. 
He died so that he could come and live inside the God of the universe, the one who holds everything together. And look, this is what I figured out. If he can hold the universe together, whatever you're going through, he can hold you together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the good news of your love. Father, thank you for being there with us. And Lord, as we've looked at your word and seen who you are, those are the revelation that you've given to your people, Father. And you gave it to them because they needed it. And Father, I pray that we will be wise enough. And even as we saw in Psalm 119, that we have to love your word. We have to love your precepts so that we can put into practice the truth, the reality that you, God, because of Jesus Christ, have come to live inside of each and every one of us. And Lord, I pray that when we have made up our minds that we can't do something, may we give ourselves to the truth of your word and know that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And we can indeed do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.